Hello and welcome to Money Lives. This is Sucheta Dilal. Today we are going to talk about those famous or infamous bank bailouts. And the bad news is that the Reserve Bank of India seems to have come up with yet another framework that is actually going to give a lot of leeway to willful defaulters. I know it's terrible and we need to know it because it all comes at our cost. So when it comes to bank loans, it appears that the Reserve Bank of India and its views seem to be swinging from one extreme to another like a pendulum. It all started in 2016 when the Reserve Bank of India decided that it's going to get tough with willful defaulters. Now, willful defaulters are people that the Reserve Bank itself describes as businesses that have the ability to pay but don't want to pay. Or there are accounts which have been classified as frauds. So in 2016, the RBI came up with a rule that made it very strict about when and how an account is going to be declared as a non-performing asset, as a willful defaulter, and when forensic audits will be done and things will be classified as frauds. All this has happened in line with the bankruptcy code, brand new bankruptcy code that was passed and which started off in a big bang way, but has now shrunk to being like every other regulation and law in India, kind of doesn't work. Okay, So the RBI at that time thought everything is going to be gung-ho, there's going to be a bankruptcy law, we're going to be strict about identifying borrowers. And it had such an extreme view that they said, borrowers, which is large companies, will not even be given a hearing before declaring them as willful defaulters. Some of them went to court, the matter slowly wound its way to the Supreme Court, which earlier this year decided that the principles of natural justice cannot be sidestepped. So there was an order around March, Just Chandrachud was part of the bench that presided over this. And if you ask me, in my view, banks did not want a hearing, did not want something, they didn't understand principles of natural justice. But the minute you give them a hearing, the borrower brings things on record, which would have shown shoddy documentation and dubious lending practices of banks. So why not just declare them? You know that they are on the back foot, declare them as defaulters, drag them to the bankruptcy code because the laws had been made one-sided. It's not over. In fact, on 20th June, three days ago, the Bombay High Court granted an interim relief to people in a bunch of petitions, which included the defunct Jet Airways, and this matter has been adjourned until next month. Point is, these are still going on. One extreme, getting so tough. Now, what has happened is the pendulum has swung the other way. So the RBI last week, or rather 8th of June, came up with what is called a framework for compromise settlements and technical write-offs. What does this do? It permits bank boards. Now, bank boards is a whole new discussion. Bank boards to come enter into compromise settlements and technical write-offs as though they understand things, they will decide on what extent of money is due from willful defaulters and fraud accounts. Further act of benevolence, RBI says, after 12 months of cooling, you can lend to those same institutions again. What can be more scandalous than this? You borrow 100 rupees or you borrow for a home loan they will slit your throat, they go after you, they will abuse you. You know the harassment that ordinary people go through. A willful defaulter, if it's over 100 crores, 
the board will decide, there'll be a compromise, interest will be waived, maybe part of the principal, then wait for a year and you get loans again. What can be more shocking than this? But the shock doesn't stop here. In fact, the series of things, this framework was issued just a few days after the Reserve Bank of India, Governor Shaktikanta Das had made a public speech where he outlined continuing governance issues at banks and how they fudged books. I'm going to come to more on this later. And what happens is the brazen, repeated, colossal frauds on the banking system, mainly in public sector banks, are all very well known because they invariably lead to massive loan write-offs. We're talking about tens of thousands of crores here, which ultimately get borne by all of us, whether or not you have a bank loan, whether or not you have food to eat. Because when money goes out from the exchequer to bail out banks, that money could have been used for education, social welfare, infrastructure, roads, helping the poor, giving them rations. All that money is given away to banks to recapitalize them. So who are the beneficiaries? People like maybe the Sandesras who are willful defaulters here. The whole family has cuddled abroad. They were discovered in Nigeria where they continue to run a thriving oil business. So why is the RBI so sympathetic to big bank defaulters who exploit the system and ensure that extraordinarily large amounts of money are written off regularly? This column has repeatedly written that all this was done for the bankruptcy code in the beginning. Bankruptcy code itself is not working. In fact, we were told that that code is going to be rewritten because write-offs had reached 80 to 95% and nobody was batting an eyelid, which means a secured lender lending 100 rupees, let's not say 100 rupees, 100 crores to a company was ready to write off 95 crore. Try getting 1,000 rupees written off on your motorcycle loan and see what happens. But if it's above 100 crores or 1,000 crores, 95% of what you owe was written down. Average recovery after the first six big bang ones like SR and Bushan, is down to just 30%, which means that banks are recovering only 30 rupees out of every 100 that's lent. What happens to the remaining 70? Well, first of all, it affects their capital adequacy. Then the finance ministry in every budget is giving away huge amounts of money to recapitalize banks. And this is amazingly huge. And who are the beneficiaries? Say, Reliance Capital of the Anilambani Group, owes 40,000 crores after a lot of sell-offs and adjustments. And the infamous Videocon group owes 71,000 crore crystallized uh, debt to the banking system and others. Now, instead of fixing the bankruptcy laws, the RBI circular is going to open the doors to bigger collusion with bank boards presiding on compromise settlements. Remember, bank boards are packed with political appointees. And... They know very little about banking. Some of them are journalists, social activists, doctors. They are on the boards of our largest companies. You may find it strange, but go and look at PSU boards. They will decide what compromise will happen. In fact, a former central banker, TV Gopal Krishnan, has said, in India, unfortunately, banks in general and PSPs in particular are sources of loot. And unlike in any part of the world, this loot is officially categorized as non-performing assets. Amazing, isn't it? Non-performing assets is another word for bad loans. And it is mainly due to willful defaults. People borrowing tens of thousands of crores and saying, 
we will not repay. Now, luckily, this time, the All India Bank Officers Confederation, IBOC, it's called, and All India Bank Employees Association have been the first to vociferously protest about it. They represent over six lakh bank employees, and they have said, withdraw the circular. It is not fair. It is not correct. They've called it political. In fact, former IBOC General Secretary Tree Franco has written that banking fraud has risen 17-fold in the last eight years, from 34,993 crore in 2005 to 14, to, to 5,89,000 crore in the period 2015 to 23. Now let's come to the timing of this. It is extremely suspect because this drastic bonanza for defaulters is coming as we head into a general election. And we all know that when there is an election, industrialists of all kinds, defaulters or not, become very important because they may be defaulters as far as the bank is concerned. They are extremely wealthy. Most of them who have run away from India are doing, like I said, very well abroad. The Sandeshras have a thrive of Sterling Biotech Group, in case you've forgotten, have a thriving oil business in Nigeria. Jatin Mehta of Suraj Diamonds and two other diamond companies, they changed the names, is sitting fighting a case in London after having gone to the Gulf and plenty of money to fight a uh, case in the UK, which has said that there is potentially a $1 billion fraud, right? And then there is uh, Vijay Malia sitting merrily in London, Nirav Modi in a jail, of course, but in London, Mehul Choksi sitting in the Caribbeans and, you know, has the support over there to ensure that he's not extradited to India. Nothing happens without loads of money. Okay. So they have plenty of money. They're all important. And this kind of a compromise framework will allow them to come triumphantly back. Because RBI says we have you know, some caveats, which is that criminal cases will continue. We know that this is hogwash. Criminal cases, our investigation agencies are very good at making a splash with arrests and raids. After that, it goes into a black hole, a 20-year litigation and their record of successful litigation is abysmal. Most of the time, the charges can't be proved. Everything is dropped because it happens. Decades later, there's a way to game the system when things drag on and on and on. So don't expect anything because remember, these people are going to come back, do a compromise. Cases may go on, but you're allowed to lend to them. So they will be back as borrowers, maybe with new companies. Now, what are the amounts involved? You know, the government, the finance minister herself has put the numbers, but let's come step by step. So first they call them technical write-offs. Government used to aggressively go after anybody who says this money is not recoverable. Finance minister herself has told Rajasva that when there are technical write-offs, only 13% of such loans are recovered, which means, and we had a former deputy governor on the board of Money Life Foundation who said, by the time you declare an account at NPA, there's really nothing to recover. So 13%. But government had us and all their blind followers believe that don't worry, it's a technical write-off. The same language is being used again. Nothing is going to come back. 13% has come back. Secondly, be a governor saying banks are themselves fudging things. He has not named names. He has not punished anyone. That also is a tragedy. But what has he said they do? They bring two lenders together for loan and sale, uh, loan sale and buyback. 
to fudge how bad things are. They persuade good borrowers. Persuade is another word for arm twist. To enter into structured deals with stressed borrowers so that bad loans are hidden. Third, they manipulate accounts and adjust repayment ability in order to renew loans. And when all this is happening, you want a compromise framework. When you yourself are saying it, you have not named the banks, you have not punished them. Thirdly, as recently as December 2022, Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman herself has told the Rajya Sabha that write-offs by banks in just the last five years is a stunning 10.09 lakh crores. This is just between financial year 17-18 to financial years 21-22. We're not even talking about 2014 to 2018, which is the first four years. It would be a stretch now to blame all this on the previous UPA2 government. Also remember, this massive write-off is on the part of banks. Then the government has given 2.76 lakh crore to the PSU banks to recapitalize them. That's more money going out of the exchequer. They lose 10.09, they get 2.76. This is only banks. Public sector undertakings like BSNL have been bailed out three times. There's no solution to what to do with this company. It is not allowed to grow and it's not allowed to dry. So it gets three bailouts. And hold your breath about the size of this. Okay, I mean, you have to then look at it in percentage of your education budget, your health budget. So BSNL got 74,000 crore in 2019. It got 1.64 lakh crore in July 2022. And now again, 89,000 crore or rather it, almost 90,000 crore has been approved on 7th June this year, a few days ago by the union cabinet. This kind of money is just going to fill these holes in public sector undertakings with no solutions. Contrast this with what happens with us, the middle class. I've been harping about what happens when we take loans. Forget about when we take loans. Sharp contrast to the attitude to big borrowers, the government gives a damn about middle class investors who depend on statutory regulators doing their job invariably they catch people after there's a fraud or a collapse. Strictly regulated intermediaries like credit rating firms and statutory auditors are not doing their job because again, the regulators are looking the other way, not catching them. And because we, the middle class, who are not in government, we have to save for our pensions and for our retirement. So we put our nest egg, hoping to maximize it, because we're not going to get an inflation adjustment adjusted pension from the government. We put our money in AAA rated bonds or AAA rated debentures. And what, what happens? Because the government has been ignoring the all the wrongdoing that's happening, you had infrastructure, leasing, and financial services, which collapsed, AAA rated NCDs, Divan Housing Finance Limited, AAA rated NCDs, massive fraud that went undetected. These were all systemically important groups. The RBI was supposed to keep a hawk-like eye on them. Third is the stray group where investors are running from pillar to post. Two large companies were allowed to become financial conglomerates. The regulator was sleeping. The same regulator is doing a framework for compromise and settlements because nobody holds regulators accountable. Worst of the lot is those 81 bonds of Yes Bank. They were, they made fixed deposit holders shift to these bonds saying they're more secure and give you a higher return. And the RBI without blinking an eyelid when they handed over Yes Bank to 
a conglomerate, including SBI. They just wrote them off, zero. So imagine you have saved 10 lakhs, maybe put them in these bonds for your retirement, gone to zero. People are fighting a case which is expensive, which drags on forever. Successive chairman at SEBI looked the other way, while Carvey was involved in all kinds of shenanigans that date back to before 2010. Turned a blind eye, didn't look at what it was doing, allowed it to be spread across the capital market with a number of intermediary businesses. And then it collapsed. A few thousand crores have gone. People are waiting. They've been fobbed off with a few lakhs that came from the National Stock Exchange Investor Protection Fund, which is a joke. There were 30 broker defaults over there. Again, the defaults are into crores and tens of crores, hundreds of crores. Each investor got a few lakh rupees from this investor protection fund. The biggest joke was the failure of Punjab and Maharashtra Cooperative Bank, which was brought down by a relative of Diwan Housing. The same Vadavan family killed Diwan Housing on one side, another branch of the family, Housing Development and Infrastructure Limited, HDIL. They're all sitting in jail. It's cold comfort for people. But the joke here is, RBI officers through two separate cooperatives had 200 crore in this bank. I mean, will they not even protect their own assets? Inspectors came from the same pool which had money over there. Even those investors are still crying because while the bank has been taken over, money has still locked it. These are hard-earned tax-paid savings of middle-class people like me. Fortunately, I've not been a victim. The government and its finance ministry have not had one word of sympathy for their losses, let alone any attempt to minimize the damage. In fact, it shows the same hard attitude even when home buyers were left in the lurch because a whole bunch of companies borrowed heavily, large groups with 10 and 20 projects just collapsed. And all those are fighting and, you know, they've had to spend on legal fees. They're fighting in court. They've got some justice. Those are dragging on. They've been left to the lurch. In fact, compare the government's attitude to middle-class investors from the way it has treated wrestlers, the women wrestlers who alleged sexual harassment. It's exactly the same. Not a word, no sympathy. In fact, blame them. So middle-class investors are said, you're foolish. You didn't take enough care. What were you doing? You should have been careful. Exactly the same attitude. While the women athletes were vilified, and a powerful political strongman is protected. Here it is big and powerful industry that's being protected with a new framework, which allows compromise. And as I said again, by who? Bank boards packed with political appointees, packed with chosen chartered accountants and lawyers who help in doing these deals. What a wonderful world, right? If you feel angry, share this so that more people are educated on what's happening. Thank you.